It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. Welcome to another edition of the IDP Corner. My name is Justin Varnes. You can follow me on Twitter at DownWithIDP. I'm one of two fantasy analysts over at FantasyPoints.com that handle the IDP section or the IDP <coughs> Corner, if you will. Uh, and my partner in crime is also joining us, as always, this uh, this fine early, early Friday morning on the West Coast over in Seattle. Mr. Thomas Simons, good morning, Thomas. And now the end is near. Of course, I made the fantasy playoffs. Yes, indeed. And of course, if that's why you're listening to this podcast, you're either really into the goofy intros or you've probably made your fantasy playoffs. And if I'm a betting man, it's going to be the the latter, not the former. I mean, it could be both. You don't know. It could be both. Or they could just be bored and trying to kill some time. <laughs> speaking of fantasy playoffs, uh, you're looking pretty good. In our, speaking of goofy. Uh, yeah. Uh, speaking of speaking of fantasy playoffs, you um, you're in our uh, you're doing well in our dynasty league, the fantasy points dynasty league. Am I correct? Yeah, I had a really tough uh, past week. I second highest score in the 14 team league, and I lost by one point two points. And it was it was right at the end of the game when I had dust uh, I had DeAndre Hopkins and Rasheem uh, Mostart along with the rest of the, my team, but those were the two I had going on Monday night. And Hopkins made that forty yard catch, and then they took him out of the game when they finished the rest of their uh, play down in the red zone. And then the Dolphins came out being behind, and they brought out. A chain instead of most art, so I got nothing from the those two players in the last three and a half minutes of the game, and I lost. Uh, but old... I'm I'm at the top, and I'm tied with Scott Barrett. So yeah, uh, yeah, it's for a while there. I was I had got started the season at eleven and zero. Yeah, that was that's awesome. Well, obviously we'll be uh, I'll be rooting for my uh, IDP brother in that league, and hopefully uh, we can pull out another defensive champion. Uh, um, yeah, I, I won a, I won a couple of years ago. It'll be nice to have a, a second, have two trophies on the defensive side of the ball. Now speaking of goofy, <laughs> <laughs> I mean I didn't know what, nobody. Wow. You want to talk about wow. how unpredictable sports are and how unpredictable fantasy <laughs> is? What happened last night? <laughs> um, I don't know, but I, I, there's a question out there that's going around, and everybody's wondering why coach Staley didn't get fired at halftime. I mean, 42 to nothing at halftime. Yeah. I, I just, I, I'm kind of blown away as to how the Chargers defense really didn't exist. Now, speaking of defense, the Raiders divine uh, Diablo is looking like the solid linebacker, uh, one that we thought he was going to be back in August. Now, he led the Raiders with 12 total tackles, and he posted seven solos, five assists. He had no big plays, though. So if you're in a big play scoring league, he's not that big of a deal for you. Now, the rest of the Las Vegas IDPs were not fantasy relevant at all because even though the Chargers had 60 total offensive plays, it's hard to generate fantasy production when only one of your IDPs has more than 69% of the snaps, and that was Jack Jones at 82%. So it's hard to ha- – it's great that the they had a their the highest scoring blowout victory in their career, you know, the, the most points they've ever scored in the uh, franchise history. But 
it's really hard to have fantasy relevance when most of your IDPs don't even play in the game for that for very long. Yeah, it's um, crazy scoring, blowout, lopsided, all that stuff just makes – just basically as soon as that started, I think every um, – uh, fantasy analysts on both sides of the ball just crumpled up all of their notes and they just threw them in the trash. Um, uh, this was a weird game for for the Chargers as well. I mean, all of that offense, and you figure you'd have massive games by so many uh, Chargers IDPs, but we had very few. Uh, Eric Kendricks uh, had led the team in tackles. He had 12 tackles, which is a, a pretty large number for him in, in, in how this defense uh, rolls. Kenneth Murray is usually the, the, the better fantasy asset, but he only had three tackles. Now, he came into the game um, nursing a little bit of a sore shoulder, and then it got worse in the game. They actually pulled him from the game for a while. He was questionable return. He did get back into the lineup, but he only finished with three tackles. Uh, it was a really weird game. Normally, we between Kendricks and Murray, they all, they usually get pretty close to splitting production, this 12-3 to three lopsided thing will it'll happen to the best of linebackers it'll happen to zaire franklin it'll, i mean you, you name it, it um we've uh we've seen it with uh foyer Luicon as well so these games do happen it's really hard to tell how much of it was this injury how much of it was just luck which is you know sometimes there's a lot more luck involved in this than a lot of us a, a fantasy analysts want to openly admit um but yeah, you know that's th- act. but that's just that's just how, how it is um so uh, I'm not worried about Murray yet, unless this shoulder in- injury uh, in- ends up being a big thing. I just think it was just a fluky game, so this is one to yeah, like I said, throw away in the trash. You know, that's well, that's the type of injury that we talked about. We've been talking about leading up to this week. That the, the, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, this week they're going to put Murray on IR. Now, I'm not going to say they're they're doing that, but that's the type of thing. And then all of a sudden, pop, there's Murray's on IR, and you're like, well, wait a minute. He played last week, so what's up? I mean, did, did he get really hurt? No, they're at the point in time where their season is out the window, uh, especially after that blowout loss. And they're going to start looking at younger players and evaluating talent and evaluating the coaching staff. And, and moving forward, they may take the, the chance and his type of injury could be the type of thing that lands him on IR, uh, you know, out of nowhere. So be leery that the IR um, movement is starting to really happen now at the end of the season. And a lot of the teams that are out of the playoffs are making motions towards putting players on IR so they can do some evaluations. Yeah. Yeah. Good, good point. Um, All right. Shall we move on to week uh, week 15, the the weekend? Uh, You want to get us started? Sure. I, I'll start with uh, linebacker Ivan Pace Jr. As he's taken very well to manning the middle for the Vikings. Now, the rookie had a monster outing against the, the, the Raiders that we just spoke about. In week 14, he uh, posted 13 total tackles with seven solos and six assists. And, and he had numerous big plays like a sack and a, a game ceiling INT and, and PD, as well as a tackle for a loss and a QB hit. Now, while he may not be as productive against the Bengals this week, he should still be very serviceable. Cincinnati is not known for generating a lot of fantasy points for uh, linebackers, but uh, especially with the fact that they're moving more to Chase Brown and away from Joe Nixon being the the workhorse. So they're, they're sharing snaps, and Brown's more of an outside swing kind of uh, running back. He gets to the second level and he breaks to the sidelines. So 
that could be detrimental for Pace, but I still think he's going to be a very serviceable linebacker this week. Yeah, I agree. Another serviceable linebacker this week uh, is uh, Landon Roberts. I think he's got a strong matchup against the Colts this week. Uh, Indianapolis is a top five matchup for for linebackers just in how their offense run and how fast they run uh, or how fast they run plays. Uh, So, you know, we're not we don't have them in our top 10 or anything, but if, if you've got in leagues where you're starting three or four linebackers, he's a strong play this week. So uh, you can lean on him if you need some um, support on the lower end of your, uh, of your LB roster. Christian Harris continues to get the bulk of fantasy production inside the box for the Texans. Who knew? <laughs> we we thought that Harris was going to do this in the beginning of the season, and yet here he is, you know, th- up until through week 10, we, we thought he was just going to ride the bench, and, and because Denzel Perryman was being the, the man in the middle, Henry Toa Toa, the rookie linebacker, was uh, relevant for, er- you know, early in the season especially when Perryman got hurt. And then now Toa Toa is riding the bench and isn't even taking defensive snaps. Harris had another stout outing as he led the team last week with 10 total tackles. Now his seven solos and three assists uh, were aided by a a fumble recovery, and he took 93% of the snaps. So Harris is seeing playing time, and he is being fantasy relevant. Yeah, as much as it would be awesome if uh, these, you know, these coaches would just leave the the, the starters we expected yeah. them to pick uh, one, <laughs> yeah, and just enroll them. It certainly makes our life a lot easier. But the reality is, is every single week these coaches are watching tape, they're scouting, and they're they're looking for any advantage they can. And um, you know, some teams have the luxury of having a, a you know a Max Crosby or a Foye Luakan or or whoever, and they just you're cool. Well, obviously they're going to play every single snap that that they can possibly play. But um, there's several teams that are that are constantly having to tinker with their uh, defensive backfield, uh, and certainly sometimes with linebackers. You know, we, we, we've seen it uh, a bunch this year uh, with a handful of teams, and, and this is another example of that. So there is a little bit of hot and cold where 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 um, defensive coordinators are trying to figure out wh- who is the best fit out there. Where can we put? so-and-so and then an injury happens or you know sometimes we'll see um shifts in the safeties and and cornerbacks based on how the linebackers are doing in front of them where coaches will say well we need a little more presence here or whatnot so that little you know that tinkering of the defense the good part is is that it, it's usually fairly easy to see once once it starts you can start looking at linebacking groups and saying okay this is clearly still a work in progress, so we're not going to put too much long-term stock into who's playing linebacker and how many snaps they have right now. And that has been the case for Houston, as you know, as Tom just chronicled. We've seen a slew of linebackers get shifted in and out. <coughs> excuse me of this of this lineup, uh, which immediately makes us back off a little bit until we see something kind of cleared, you know, get cleared out uh, as. As the dust is settling, it does look like Harris is that guy. So, and particularly now that, you know, at this point in your season, you're just thinking week to week, right? That's all you really care about. There's no more like, well, I want to have one person who's just going to ride out. There is no more riding out. It's yeah. it's, it's win and move on. So uh, as of right now, I, I, I agree. I think Harris is the guy you can lean on. I, I think that's going to stay the stay this way for the rest of the season. But, um, uh, you know, because you're just going week to week, uh, it's certainly worth a gamble if you need it because he He's showing that there is at least some consistency there, which we have not seen much from Houston. 
Uh, speaking of Houston, I want to talk about their defensive backs. I think this is going to be a slow game for them. Tennessee creates most of his action, most of its action on the first and second levels of the defense. Uh, they just don't produce a lot downfield. Now, obviously, you know, we they've switched quarterbacks, um, and and we've seen a little shift in that. But in general, their offensive philosophy has not changed that much. So, uh, at this point, they are creating the second fewest tackles to opposing defensive backs. So, if you've got uh, a Houston defensive back uh this might be a little bit of a slow week for him you know safety jaquan brisker of chicago must have eaten his wheaties before last week's game (laughs) as he had a a monster outing against uh division rival detroit uh brisker had an incredible 17 total tackles for a, a safety with 13 of them being the solo variety he added to uh, pass defended and a forced fumble to his stat sheet. Now, with Cleveland up next, the Browns run the ball about 47% of the time, which means they should run the ball 30 or more times in this game. Now, Brisker sees a lot of time in the box, even though the, the Bears have stout linebacker combo in uh, Tremaine Edmonds and TJ Edwards. The only thing you have a red flag here is that Brisker was limited in practice on Wednesday and then was downgraded to did not practice Thursday because of a groin injury. So pay close attention to the Friday injury report on Brisker. Well, I mean, he probably injured his groin chasing down those thousand tackles. He <laughs> I'd, had. Have, I'd have a sore groin too if I was making all those tackles in a game. I'd have a lot of other things that were sore, shoulder, arms, elbows, Absolutely. brain. Absolutely. <laughs> um, uh, so uh, I want to talk a little bit about Xavier McKinney, uh, another uh, stud safety for us. Uh, he's had a really strong season for fantasy, particularly over the last couple of months. Um, and that should continue this week against the Dolphins. Miami's offense doesn't produce much production. Um, they're kind of the the inverse of Tennessee. Uh, they don't they don't do a lot of running between the tackles. All they do, although they do throw the ball, um, you know, within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage, that because of all the motion, they just can very quickly get past your defensive linemen and uh, your linebackers, particularly those who are uh, maybe mugging or, or, or being near the defensive line. So what does that mean? That means a lot of their tackles get funneled to uh, opposing defensive backs, which is a great opportunity for Xavier McKinney. Uh, he's had seven plus tackles in seven games this season. Uh, and he had it. He just finished a run where he had double digit tackles in four straight games. Now, last week he only had four tackles, but I think that was a little bit of a fluke. Uh, he, you know, he played plenty of snaps. I think he's going to do better this week. So, if you've got McKinney and you've been enjoying his double digit tackles, and last week he had four, if you're worried, I think this is a good chance he's going to bounce back. Prior to this podcast, you've been all over the Panthers' defensive tackle, Derek Brown. In three of our last five podcasts, you've you've brought up the fact that Brown is somebody you should be looking at. Now, I hope folks out there took your advice as Brown did it again in Week 14, posting a team-leading 10 total tackles. He had five solos and five assists, plus a QB hit, as well as an ENT and a PD for a defensive tackle. Huge numbers for an interior defensive lineman. And a big shout out to you, Maestro. <laughs> Thank you. Well, you know, this is this is our our 
job, right? Yep. Uh, these sorts of players, you know, there's, I mean, there are several defensive tackles who are just going unnoticed and they're having top 10 fantasy seasons. Brown, as we've been talking about, we've talked, or, you know, you, you, you talked about Harrison Phillips earlier this season, as well as Justin Matabuke. That was another guy you had mentioned. All three of these guys um, are having top 10 fantasy seasons for defensive linemen. They just, they just don't get the airtime that the edge defenders do. Uh, and the edge defenders don't already don't get enough airtime compared right. to the offensive players. And when we say airtime, we're talking about, you know, sports radio, ESPN broadcasts, et cetera. You know, they're highlighting players. They'll mention Brown and Phillips and Matabuke like every now and then, but they don't spend enough time on them. So uh, it's amazing how often these players are still out on waiver wires or Maybe you don't really believe that the huge game they had last week was going to was going to, but I mean Brown and Phillips in particular are are going to outproduce some linebackers in terms of tackles, which is pretty incredible. Right? <laughs> um, yeah, go, you had something to say to add to that. Well, time? yeah, the, the you 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 pretty much nailed it with okay. You you have a lot of defensive linemen that are going to be hot and cold, and one week they're going to give you production, and the next week they're not. The names that you just brought up, Phillips and Metabuike and, and Brown, these three are, are constantly doing it week in and week out. And and even on their bad days, they're having better days than your best defensive linemen. Yeah, great point. Uh, speaking of Brown and, and the Panthers, um, I'm expecting a bounce back game from uh, from Frankie Louvu. He had four tackles last week, but he did play every snap. We talked about this a few minutes ago when we were talking about the Chargers linebackers. Um, you know, the, these games happen every season to every single linebacker. It doesn't matter who you are, Bobby Wagner, you name it. Uh, where you have a, a linebacker who's usually 8, 10, 12 tackles a week, uh, and then one game they've got three or four or five. And I think last week that was the case for Louvu. He did play every snap. Uh, they rushed him a lot. He had a sack. He had three quarterback hits. So that was also part, part of uh, what happened is that the game plan probably in this case was to have him uh, go after the quarterback a little bit more. Uh, but he did play every, every snap, and I think he's got a really good matchup this week. Um, the Falcons run the ball a ton, so I don't see Luvu getting as many um, pass rush opportunities. Uh, and the Falcons create over 25 tackles per game to linebackers, so look for a bounce-back game from late Frankie Luvu this week. Uh, with Marcus May going on injured reserve last week, rookie Jordan Howden stepped uh, up as the starting strong safety in a big way. Howden led the team last week with 10 total tackles as he collected eight solos, two assists, a sack, force fumble, and a uh, pass defended. Now, if he's out there on your waiver wire, you might want to snag this kid as well because he's got he's going to get a grill full of running back Saquon Barkley at home this week as the Giants roll into New Orleans. Uh, yeah, I like that call too a lot, Thomas. Um, if you've got a start-sit decision uh, between an Arizona IDP and someone else, I want you to consider that the matchup this week uh, that Arizona has with the 49ers should produce a ton of tackle, uh, tackle opportunity uh, for the Cardinals, um, particularly if your league values solos heavily. I'm expecting more solos than usual from pretty much all Arizona IDPs this week. Now, this is not enough to start Josh Woods over Zaire Franklin or Foya Luakon or somebody like that, right? Um, but uh, what you're really looking for is if you've got, uh, you know, 
it's like a either you're desperate and you're and you're really banged up in one particular position, or you've got an you know this is an LB three or LB two or DB two or DB three kind of call. Uh, I'm leaning this week toward my Arizona players. I just think their tackles upside is high based on how this matchup is looking on paper. Rams rookie edge rusher Byron Young has six sacks in his first NFL season. He's coming off a game where he recorded a sack, and now he faces Washington, who has allowed the second highest number of sacks in the NFL. Now, with the commanders allowing nearly five sacks per game, Young could record his second multiple sack outing of of his rookie season. So, I'm pretty sure he's going to get a sack this week, and there's a possibility he could get multiple sacks. I like that one. Um, I like Jordan Poyer this week. Uh, Dallas has been creating a ton of opportunity for defensive backs ever since they fixed their offense several weeks ago. Obviously, the Cowboys have been on fire. They've also played a lot at home. This will be an away game for them. Uh, they'll be in Buffalo, but uh, I, I do – you know, sometimes it's a little bit harder to predict these shootouts. They they look like obviously they would be a shootout, um, and then it doesn't go that way. However, I do think for a multitude of reasons this will be a shootout, and I think um, Dallas in general aim. You know, I, as I'd mentioned, produces a, a ton of tackle opportunity for the defensive back. So I think Poyer is going to be really busy this week. I think it's going to be a strong week for him. You know, the Rams have turned more and more to veteran safety John Johnson the third lately. Russ Yeast only took 46% of the snaps in Week 14. Johnson took all 72 of the Rams' defensive snaps. Now, Johnson had a solid outing of seven solos and an assists on the day. You know, still, it's really hard to have confidence in him being consistent going forward. We've been, you know, looking at Johnson for the last eight to ten weeks going, wow, this guy's not even playing. And then all of a sudden, the Rams just started going to him. Now, I don't know if that's injuries – uh, to the secondary, getting him more uh, playing time, or if he's just really standing out in practice and, and is trying to earn the the starting role back. But they're leaning on Johnson more and more. Yeah, man, that's a that is a great call. I mean, he's quietly. Uh, become a, a a pretty strong fantasy asset Indeed. again. Just over the last couple of games, he started. You know, you can clearly see his snap counts rise over the last yep. four or five weeks, and his production has And for the last three games, he's been their starter and 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 played every down. So uh, now I I fully agree. He is hard to rely on over a more stable player, like for example Julian Blackman or Rayshon Jenkins. I wouldn't bench them for John Johnson just. For, for all the reasons when we were talking about the Houston linebackers, right? Defensive coordinators tinkering with sections and trying to figure out what if we, and what if we brought this guy and let's see if this works. Let's try it for a couple of games and see. So there is some question because, um, this was unexpected. Uh, I, he's he's playing pretty well. So so, but it, now that we're going week to week again, I'm not benching him for Julian Blackman or Rayshon Jenkins or any sort of like DB you know reliable DB two that that has has done me well all season. But if you're hurting, let's say you just lost Grant Delpit, who Tom will mention here shortly. Uh, it's hard to leave all that poten- potential production on your bench or on the waiver wire, which is likely where John Johnson is right now. 
Indeed. I mean, that's that's a great point about, you know, this is the time of year we just mentioned. IR is going to start loading up and players are going to start disappearing from your uh, rosters because of injuries. Uh, Devin Lloyd has a unique IDP fantasy production trend going on this year. Since returning from injury uh, for the Jaguars in week six, whenever Lloyd has more assists than solos in a game, he follows it up with a really solid outing. Now, he had more assists in week seven and in week 11, and he followed up both of these games with a six solo two assist stat line the following week. Those aren't super numbers, but, you know, six tackles is eight total tackles and six of them solos is solid, especially in in tackle heavy scoring systems. He had more assists than solos last week in week 14. So he should have a solid outing against the Ravens at home this week. Even in the three games, Lloyd had more assists than solos. He still produced 11 total tackles in all three outings. Yeah, Jacksonville's defensive scheme um, can is is clearly um, producing two top ten or top fifteen uh, linebackers, and you know this used to be the case pretty regularly for for fantasy. You know, you know, ten fifteen years ago, you had plenty of 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 teams that had linebackers who were both producing eight to ten tackles a week. Right, that's pretty much gone the way of the dodo, uh, except for except for this case. So Lloyd gets um, overshadowed by Foye Aluakon, but he's really has had a strong season. Um, uh, yeah, and I like this 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 trend. You have to wonder how much of that is uh him you know reviewing the tape wishing he had gotten there quicker and and kind of getting refocused for the Mm -hmm. following week whatever it is it's it's clearly a trend and it's something to be focused on and who are you calling dodo (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so i'll close out uh this segment before we get into the injury news uh talking about the ravens obviously uh they lost uh kyle hamilton uh which uh, we'll talk a little bit about but uh with them uh missing kyle hamilton i like geno stone this week against the jaguars uh the jaguars have been an above average uh, producer for fantasy for opposing defensive backs. And so far, just based on previous alignments, uh, I think Stone will benefit most from Hamilton's absence. All right. Well, shall we Injuries. move on to our favorite? It's the most wonderful time of the <laughs> podcast. Oh, boy. Oh, geez. <laughs> Injured reserve me? is getting very, very, very packed. Um, I'm going to start with, with I'm going to do the injured reserves and then I'll just do the, the players that are questionable. Uh, the defensive tackle, Olympic Neal on Detroit, landed on IR with a knee injury. Linebacker Jerome Baker in Miami got put on IR with his knee injury. Linebacker Jamin Davis on Washington injured his shoulder last week and is having shoulder surgery done for the year. Safety Grant Delpit, Cleveland, we just mentioned with a groin injury, got placed on injured reserve, shut him down. Safety uh, Brian Cook from Kansas City, ankle injury. We kind of knew that was coming after that pretty gruesome-looking uh, ankle injury he had. Uh, cornerback Christian Fulton on Tennessee was also finally put on ha- uh, on injured reserve with a hamstring injury. So here we go with the injured reserve or the injured questionable players this week. You have to monitor their their uh, practice reports on Friday, Saturday. I'm going to start off with the defensive lineman, defensive tackle David 
Anyamata from Atlanta with an ankle injury. D- uh, defensive tackle Contavia Street on Atlanta with a pectoral muscle. That doesn't sound too good for him. AJ uh, Epinesa from Buffalo, rib injury. Defensive end Deshaun Williams, Carolina knee. Defensive end William Anderson Jr. in Houston. The rookie has an ankle injury. Uh, defensive tackle Foley Fadakasi from Jacksonville, heel. Defensive tackle Eric Armstead, San Francisco, foot knee. Also defensive tackle Javon Hargrave from San Francisco with a hamstring. Defensive tackle Vita Vey, Tampa Bay, toe. Defensive tackle Jim, uh, Jeffrey Simmons, Tennessee, with a knee. Defensive end James Smith, Williams, Washington, hamstring injury, hasn't played in a few weeks. Okay, linebackers Malik Harrison, Baltimore, ankle. Uh, Nate Landman, Atlanta knee. Quay Walker, Green Bay shoulder. He did practice, so it's looking like he's trending upwards. Blake Cashman, Houston hamstring. EJ Speed, Indianapolis with a knee. He is trending upwards and most likely will play. Drew Tranquil, uh, Kansas City, concussion protocol. Alex Highsmith and TJ Watt, both of Pittsburgh, who had concussions last week, but they've both cleared concussion protocol, so it's looking like they're good to go this week. Devin White, Tampa Bay with a foot injury. He's trending in the right direction as well, so he might play. Defensive backs, Antonio Hamilton of Arizona with a groin injury. Starling Thomas, the fifth of Arizona with an ankle. Jeff Okuda of Atlanta with an ankle. Kyle Hamilton, uh, Baltimore with a knee. That one's looking really iffy. Uh, Micah Hyde on Buffalo, neck injury, but he's looks like he's he might be trending in the right direction. We'll have to wait and see on the Friday's uh, practice report. Juan Thornhill, Cleveland, another as well as Denzel Ward on Cleveland. These two with a calf and shoulder injury, are you're going to have to pay close attention to that. Uh, Jari Alexander, Green Bay shoulder, he is practicing, but you know he's come out and said, I, until I'm 100%, I'm not going to play. So Juju Brents on Indianapolis uh, with a quad injury. Looks like he's going to play this week, so you might see him uh, in week 15. Tyson Campbell on Jacksonville and Trey Herndon on Jacksonville have a quadriceps and a concussion, as well as Andre Sisco, who ha- on the Jaguars, has a groin injury. These guys Guys are going to be, uh, they've been limited and or did not practice, so you have to pay attention. Quentin Lake on the, the Rams, hamstring. Javon Holland on Miami, a knee. Reed Blankenship, Philadelphia, concussion. Um, Shavarius Ward, San Francisco, is dealing with a groin injury. Devin Witherspoon on Seattle has been missing practice because of a hip. Trey Brown on Seattle with a heel. Jamel Dean, Tampa Bay, foot and ankle, but he has been trending in the right direction. Carlton Davis the third, Tampa Bay. Groin, Ryan Neal, Tampa Bay, hip and back. And finally, Emmanuel Forbes Jr., Washington, with an elbow injury. All right. That is going to wrap up our injury news and injury report. That's also going to wrap up our podcast. Um, As Thomas mentioned earlier, if you have listened to this podcast, congratulations. That means you have playoff aspirations or hopefully you've already made the playoffs. Um, So uh, congratulations. If you have playoff aspirations and and this is is the week to get you in, good luck. Hopefully some of this information will steer you in the right direction. If so, hit me up on Twitter at down with idp if not thomas is uh home address is one two three (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) christmas is gonna come early thomas lots of fan mail (laughs) 
Um, all right, uh, everybody, uh, good luck. Uh, remember, you can uh, join FantasyPoints.com right now for 20% off for, for next season. It's going to get you the rest of this season and get you prepared for next season, which also means all of our off-season and preseason content gets you loaded up for next year. 20% off. You can go to the website now, FantasyPoints.com, and, and pick up that offer. Um, and uh, um, if you... Feel free to to look us up on Discord and and yeah. and and one. I mean, I'm gonna be updating the injury news again uh, Friday and probably later uh, Friday night. And you you can also you know feel free to to make suggestions as to things that you you would like to see next year that we can focus on. Uh, we can work on during the the off season and um, let us know what you what you're thinking. Uh, let us know. Let yeah. us know. Let us know. Hey, you know, you know, I just realized something. I was, uh, I was talking what, about bounce. Yeah, there it is. I was talking <laughs> about Xavier, I was talking about Xavier McKinney earlier, who I've got notes on, who I think have, has a good matchup against New Orleans. Um, but I actually uh, was was meaning to talk about uh, the Jets' safeties uh, playing Miami. I had uh, the Jets of the Giants, NYG, NYJ, right next to each other. So uh, the the information I gave you about Xavier Kinney, McKinney is right in that it's a good matchup in New Orleans, but uh, the Jets safeties also have a great matchup this week against Miami. So keep rolling with Xavier McKinney. I do think he's going to have a bounce-back game this week against, against the Saints. Uh, but if you've got safeties for the Jets, uh, this is a good matchup against Miami, who, again, is always more heavily uh, geared toward um, safeties than they are uh, – uh, defensive linemen or linebackers. All right, snuck that one in under the wire. You didn't even see that one coming, did you, Thomas? No, that was a left hook. All right, <laughs> speaking of left hooks, why don't you knock us out? Okay, be well and be safe. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. And come join the roster at FantasyPoints.com.